0: guys i'm chris hey everybody i'm robert and we're here to drop kick this year out of existence with a final shooting the flames thank god really <laughs> <laughs> i have never been so
1: excited to see a year leave like ever right even with the election news. Yeah. So, I mean, um, on the last shoot in the flames, we didn't want to jinx anything, and it turns out we didn't. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although we might still be speaking too soon.
1: I know, yeah. Uh, however, I think it seems fairly likely now that we have rid ourselves of the orange menace. Yes. Lawsuits be a fly in. Mm hmm. And thrown out just as quickly. So. Oh, yes. It makes me happy every time Joe Biden wins the state for the third time, right? <laughs> like today, well, I didn't even know what fucking county it was in Wisconsin. They're like, they did a recount and now Joe Biden has six million more votes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he keeps getting more votes from all <laughs> these recounts. It's
0: hilarious. <laughs> oh, it just makes me happy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Trump. Lawyers don't decide the election. The people do. Certainly not Rudy Giuliani. I mean... My God.
1: God. Did you see that fucking press conference where his hair dye was like (laughs) running down his face? Poor guy. And he was quoting my cousin Vinny. I was like, don't quote one of my favorite movies. Blasphemous. (sighs) That is not
0: as the monolith commands it.
1: Yeah, something else too. I don't really understand what was going on, but in 2020 when there's a news headline that says some metal monoliths has been discovered in the Utah desert, I'm like, that's bad. <laughs> I'm
0: like For real, and no one knew where it came from. And then, you know, I just, it was so hilarious because it does. It looks like something out of like 2001, The Space Odyssey. They called it the monolith in the media yeah. and no one knows what it is, how it got there or when. Um, and then all of a sudden I got this news article today that said it was missing. It's gone. And that all that's there in its place is a message written in the dirt that says bye, bitch, with a fresh <laughs> fresh puddle of urine next to
1: it. <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't.
0: That, that's our middle finger to the aliens, I guess. <laughs> that thing's going mean, to end up in some, like... Like black market, like bidding war or something.
1: I read somewhere that it's like some sort of art installation, like some some artist is dead and his son like wanted to commit. I don't know, do something in his memory, immortalize him. Yeah, thank you. And uh, so, because he liked to create weird pieces of art and stick them out in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, well, that doesn't sound like a very successful artist. To me.
0: <laughs> but- well, yeah, whatever.
1: Either way, I brushed that article off at first. It's just like, oh well. Maybe
0: change your venue. Yeah,
1: right. Anybody in Utah?
0: Now it's a puddle (laughs) of piss.
1: (laughs) However, I'm not surprised. I mean, like,
0: 2020 has given us everything. I'm like, Metal Monolith, it's all right. It's just another fucking day. Uh, Speaking of getting tired of things, I got tired of being Salem adjacent. So now I'm back with you in Texas.
1: Thank God about that, too. No more Trump and you're back in Texas where you belong.
0: Although we are still socially distanced recording from afar. That's right. What we're like twenty miles apart and we're (laughs) Yeah. In
1: our separate rooms. Yes. Well welcome back to Texas. I hope you're enjoying yourself so
0: far. You (laughs) cavit.
1: yep you're back where like with the second worst state in the country with covid right? no, seriously. So. yeah seriously
0: mm-hmm. yeah so I quarant- course i was a model citizen i've i've gotten tested i quarantined for two weeks because you know i touched all the things on the way every mm. gas pump is a you know fraught with possibility so that's right you know just being a good citizen had a very very tiny thanksgiving which was wonderful um
1: yeah ours was tiny too but um we all work in a hospital so we're like tested every single not tested every day but we're like screened every day was a monitor yeah. our shit right and so like we felt it was safe at least just like my mother and my sister so
0: and that was we it. we're having that discussion at thanksgiving and my husband is someone that works in a children's hospital and we're all talking about how many times we've been tested and everything else and then he's like I've, oh, I'm, I'm screened all the time we're like yeah but how many times you've been tested not once <laughs> oh, yeah. zero times they don't test them they just screen them it's like, okay, that, that makes complete sense. But yeah. I have to answer that questionnaire
1: every day before I go in. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm sure no one ever lies.
0: You've been spreading it around for five days. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'd rather get tested once a week than screened, you know, every day. How was that testing process? I haven't been tested either. I looked up on my county website all the free testing locations. And this is Texas, so, you know, every other state's got to have something. And uh, went to the Walgreens and just went to the drive through on my date and time and uh, got the results like two hours later. Some people get them same day. I mean, like I got them same day, but some people get them like at the drive-thru still. Wow. Because it's rapid. Yeah. So I was obviously negative and, you know, but yeah, they just handed me the thing. Most people I think uh, do it for you, but in this drive through you just do it yourself and just swirl the thing around in your nose and you're good. Oh, to you didn't have to part. like
1: ram it up to your brain.
0: No, uh, just about, you know, an inch and a half. No, maybe just an <laughs> inch. I don't know. But um of course you're like me and you have horrible you know like sneeze reflex and so I just started sneezing uncontrollably oh, yeah. not everywhere it was cartoonish it was <laughs> disgusting so I drove away in shame before they gave me my results.
1: <laughs> but um yeah. Trust me, they've seen it all at the Walgreens so where the hell you're at.
0: Yeah, I mean like I As long as you're okay with being covered in your own mucus. Yes.
1: I've been there and done that so first couple days back to texas you shove something up your nose sneeze uncontrollably in public and here we are (laughs) welcome home sorry i couldn't tell you a party that'll have to do (laughs) it was a party
0: it's not confetti
1: Mm. all right (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's get started let's
0: shoot the last flames of 2020 Let's start with reviews, which, you know, in 2020 fashion, we have none. Yeah. Wah, wah, no reviews. So yeah. we haven't gotten a review since September of 2020. A couple months now. Anyone who's listening who likes us or, you know, cares about us at all, please <laughs> go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you have such a thing. And uh, leave us a five-star review.
1: That's right. We would love to read it on our first Shooting the Flames of 2021. That would be the
0: best way to start that new year. Besides becoming a patron, the second best way that you can help us out is by leaving that review. That's right. End our dry spell, please.
1: Um, we didn't get any reviews, but we have a lot of comments to go through from our episodes. And uh, let's start with our episode on The Haunting of Bly Manor. So Nikki over on Patreon said, uh, Great episode. Bly had potential and I enjoyed it overall. Missing face parts has creeped me out since Twilight Zone the movie from the 80s. The last episode felt so long that it left me feeling annoyed. Still glad we watched it.
0: Yeah, I think I mentioned the same thing. The The end was just like, okay. Okay, please, stop. Like, wrap it up.
1: And I loved the ending. I thought the ending was great. Um, but I can see that. It was, a, it was a long episode that seemed to span, like, you know, forever after the, you know, original story had ended. So, we get yeah.
0: it. Penelope from Patreon said, I think I was disappointed by Blame Manor because I loved Hill House so much. It wasn't terrible. I, I liked it. I just think I would have liked it more if I hadn't seen Hill House first. Also... I have never liked portrayals of James, uh, you know, Turn of the Screw, so I approached this warily to begin with. That being said, there were some things they did really well. I agree with Chris that the dollhouse element was super creepy. However, I do sort of feel like they took some of the mystery out of it when they showed the faceless boy pacing, uh, placing the dolls. I think they captured some of the horror that is present in our daily lives through abusive, controlling, manipulative relationships and tragedy. Agreed. Here, here. I did not see that faceless boy moving those dolls around. Yeah, I don't, didn't recall that either, but I think I saw him messing with it, but I didn't realize that's what he was doing, and then it kind of clicked. That's why he was yeah. under the bed. That's why the boy had to stay under the bed in the dollhouse and everything so that he could
1: help. At Itamario on Twitter said, I thought there were plenty of weight given to the Mrs. G and Owen story, and so happy with how it was handled. I felt the critique about having different directors for Bly was a tad heavy handed. I thought showrunner and directors alike did a good job of creating a cohesive whole. I loved the tucked aways throughout the episode, though I think they came across more Scottish than British, lol. Pretty sure Oliver Jackson Cohen is not Australian. And he's not. I'm sorry. I should probably Google these things before I just, like, let them fly right out of my mouth. <laughs> he's British, not Australian. But, um, yeah, I guess sometimes I just make shit up. But I think, in the long run, us talking about them having multiple directors on the show is not necessarily a bad thing. We were just expecting it to be completely directed by Flanagan, which the season of Hill House was.
0: Yes, and I would also say that we were talking in hindsight i would say at least that we were speaking about it relative to hill house which flanagan directed every single episode of right whereas in this one he only directed the pilot so and we were trying to find a
1: reason why you know we just didn't like it as much as hill house i think and that was one of the reasons that we sort of came up with right i mean no yeah. no diss to any of those directors like they they did a good job that black and white episode to me is like one of the best of the entire series so like i I'm okay with that, but I think that's where we're coming from,
0: and despite all of the uh smooching that we've done to Flanagan over the years, he picked up on one of our threads about <laughs> being critical <laughs> of of this particular creation of his, and uh we had a little conversation with I think another uh you know commenter on our podcast and and they said uh and then Flanagan actually uh, responded with today on a special episode of. You might want to watch your tags. Yeah, just once I want to have a director come in and
1: say, like, good job on that episode. Or talking about my work or whatnot. So, um, Mike Flanagan, if you're listening, we liked (laughs) by Manor. Hopefully you made it to the end of the episode where we gave it a good rating and, um... I mean, yeah, and we're always talking about how much we love everything that he does. So. That's right. I mean, we pretty much have like sublet a section of your asshole that we live in now. So I mean, come on. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also got a voicemail about our episode on Blind Manor, so let's give that a listen. Hey, it's Matt, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm just calling in regards to your recent coverage
2: of haunting of Bly Manor. Um. I know you guys didn't like quite as much as Hill House. I did, I think, because it was just more emotional. But the main reason I wanted to call in was Episode 5. I thought that the episode was going in a very Slaughterhouse-Five direction, and I was super excited about that. And I furiously texted Chris about, like, the direction I was hoping it was going in.
1: And the rest of it ended up being kind of a disappointment to me. But I still loved that element of it, even if it didn't, be quite the same thing
2: that I was looking for. So, um, yeah, I, you know, hope my friend <laughs> uh, realizes you guys are fans and not just criticizing his work um, after that Twitter thing, but, you know. Still, yeah. Anyway, love you. Bye.
1: Aww. <laughs> love you. Bye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that was my husband. Um, But, yeah, he watched it from afar when i was watching it and you were watching it and my sister was watching it and hopefully all of our listeners were watching it but uh what he means by slaughterhouse five if none of you have read uh vonnegut is that um there were these creatures that could essentially see time in a different way right Mm -hmm. they could see everything that happened over over a span of time all at once and so he was thinking that was going in that direction where it would be really really super cool where people could like pick and choose throughout time where they would like come into being as a ghost but that's not what they did and it was random and it was uncontrolled and it ended up being kind of a you know a trick yeah Yeah. i do love slaughterhouse five though i think it's a fantastic
1: novel me too yeah Uh, so we got some comments on our last shoot in the flames, uh, from November, obviously. And the first one is from Kimberly over on Patreon. And it is in regards to our news topic about science, discovering the scariest movie of all time. And she says, sinister, really? I thought it was a snore fest, just my humble opinion. Maybe I need to watch it again. I think the
0: exorcist is the scariest movie ever made. Interesting. So, um yeah i watched sinister and it's, to me it's like the first half was really 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 scary mm-hmm. uh, but then it just kind of fall fell apart and so i've always like looked back at it as it at it kind of a snooze fest but maybe i need to watch it again with those expectations because i've only seen it the once well and i just rewatched it
1: back in october because i wanted to watch something i knew would scare me and it did it scared the shit out of me and um so i stand by that the exorcist yes is a very scary movie um i just think i think that that <clears throat> that whole article or that whole experiment was solely based on like jump scares and the exorcist was part of the list so i mean like yeah. people did you know vote it up to be scary
0: yeah definitely and they voted with their heart rates right it wasn't their opinions it was all quote-unquote science right nikki from patreon said i need to review this list thanks for the links i love science and horror so and thanks to chris for the uh, rous reference <laughs> sinister got us but the end yeah i enjoyed the sequel too but we watched the second one first don't ask how i
1: haven't seen the <laughs> sequel i don't know if it's good or bad
0: yeah No. and of course you can always rely on me for princess bride references amen
1: penelope over on patreon left us a very long comment and um it's numbered so here we go number one don't jinx it turns out we didn't two rob is awesome i assume she's talking about my husband
0: i forgot what
1: (laughs) what we were all talking about um i probably did talk about rob for a minute so three debates are nightmare fuel amen four lmao there was a time when i couldn't name a movie that i hadn't cried in i'm with robert five poor callie she just wanted to be heard yes six i wish i was a fraction as eloquent in voicing my opinions as Nikki is so say we all seven still waiting on chris to do season of passage i don't know what that means because haven't you done it
0: um i think she wants me to either deep dive it or actually freaking direct the movie i don't know (laughs) oh okay (laughs) eight i'll
1: be waiting on robert's comments on my reading recommendations still on that Nine, I was totally out in my yard late during the blue moon on Halloween and thinking of Trick or Treat and was mildly concerned about the distinct lack of pumpkins on my front porch. Not going to lie. Yeah, so so we all. I didn't have any either, I know. Ten, I don't think there's such a thing as a no-go horror, although... I'm with Chris on the strangers, but I've definitely seen it multiple times. After writing that, I recall one disturbing film that I would never watch again. Previously discussed on voicemail, and after I wrote this, Robert brought it up. Ditto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Serbian film.
0: Yeah, yeah. Serbian film. And she she left that voicemail like over a year ago, probably like yeah, like a year and a half ago when we talked about
1: that. We probably spent way too much time talking mm. about that movie already. Mm. Eleven. Uh, where have I been under a rock? Any ideas on what this No. (laughs) Twelve. Prequel. Annabelle. Oh my God, who are y'all? I guess we forgot about that. Thirteen. Science should should shut up, but data is fun. Hey, Film Flamers, hire me to be your data scientist, and I'll create data for you blending Rotten Tomatoes and Science of Scare, or we could collect data from your listeners. Oh. Mm.
0: Okay. Well she has both data sets so uh please report back with your findings from the science uh heart rates with the uh, actual rotten tomato scores and tell us what actually is the best or most scary horror movies travel the country and do all this um i kind of feel
1: like i have to go back and listen to the last one shooting the flames now to figure out what some of these mean <laughs> so sorry we can't um fully talk about your comment we really appreciate the long comment i mean because obviously you listened to the episode and we're sort of like writing this comment as you were listening to it to not forget anything and that is true dedication so we
0: really appreciate that we also got a comment from our episode on the howling and this one comes from the customer also watched podcast and they said i'm also not a huge fan of werewolf movies american werewolf in london being my one exception but I do think there is a serious lack of good movies in the subgenre, so that could have something to do with my opinion.
1: I mean, I would throw The Howling in there, too, along with American Werewolf in London as like a good werewolf movie. But really, there's only a handful. So, she's right. So from our episode on Thanksgiving, we got a whole series of comments. The first one comes from Brandon over on Patreon. He says, bravo on maintaining composure during this episode. I don't know how you lasted so long. My husband and I will definitely check this out during our Thanksgiving holiday.
0: So we hope you (laughs) liked it. Yeah. And Kimberly from Patreon said, listening right now, you two are killing me. How many outtakes did you do? Uh, you know, that remains to be seen. So I guess you'll have to tune in because we might be dropping something special later on this month.
1: That's right. Needless to say, you'll probably laugh just as much in the outtakes as you did during the Thanksgiving episode. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Matt from Facebook said I would call this a modern masterpiece but its importance I think resonates far farther through time than I think is possible to understand
0: you know and that's what we said during the episode so I'm glad someone that's right. was, was listening closely
1: this is the epitome of
0: timelessness mm-hmm. right <laughs> mm-hmm. at RL Terry one said love the review you had me convinced that it deserved an Oscar nomination or win and that's what we strove to do
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: like, come on now. Several
1: Oscars, in fact, I feel. Any movie that has an extra small gravy-flavored condom deserves to win an Oscar. Amen. I mean, come on, Academy. At Gummy Fredo said, Haha, listen, I have never wanted to fight you two as much as I did listening to this. Uh Haha. I couldn't believe you kept it up for so long. No lie, for the first, like, five minutes, I was like, did they watch something I didn't? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i was worried about that i was hoping people would get it you know <laughs> it's like people are really gonna like not understand especially if they hadn't seen the movie so
1: yeah well i mean obviously um it was mostly sarcasm we did like the movie though so yeah, i just for true. not the reasons that we talked about in the episode <laughs> so i'm glad that you no longer want to fight us um but if it came down to that gummy fredo i'll fight you about
0: thanksgiving it's okay on <laughs> At Matthew McHenry said, after hearing the thoughtful discourse on the film Flamers, I watched Thanksgiving and Chef's Kiss. Oh, so glad you loved it. <laughs> and at Home Rick Sean
1: said, I often, he was, he quoted us and said, I often think of turkey while I'm having sex. He said, people at work think there's something wrong with me because I can't stop laughing. So,
0: <laughs> so glad we can brighten up your work day and make you look like a fool. <laughs> yeah. And from our Hot Takes episode for November, Nikki from Patreon said, Giving comments in real time because I will forget if I don't. I loved Sean Connery and The Rock. Yay to the boys watch. We finally watched AHS 1984. Glad we finished it. But the final four episodes felt too long. His house was so good on so many levels. Glad you both felt the same. Oh, and we watched Marianne on Netflix and really enjoyed it. Interested to hear your take on it. We watched Ouija Origin of Evil at your suggestion, and it was a great scare. First of all, I'm really, really super glad that you enjoyed uh, Ouija. I'm really super glad that you enjoyed uh, his house, obviously, and the boys. Uh, Robert's yet to start the second season of that, but they're excited to ahs 1984 i kind of agree with that and marianne that is also something that we were uh, told to watch from my sister and i believe robert's already seen it
1: yeah i watched it when it was released on netflix because it's french and it's creepy and I, i love that sort of thing and i commented over on patreon and i owe nikki a list of good french horror movies to watch so that is coming i'm just trying to make sure i give you the best ones to watch so stay tuned at NicoleAnn75 said, his house was so damn good. I probably wouldn't have seen it without listening. So thank you so much for the recommendation. You are welcome. And I think this is sort of like required viewing for like horror fans at this point. I think people need to watch it.
0: For real. So. I just showed um, Matt, again, the Husbear. And he absolutely loved it. So, yeah. Fantastic movie. He, we were thinking about it. I, I, I liked it just as so much or more the second time. Oh, you know? good. And he was thinking about it uh, for a long time afterwards. And of course, the next night we watched Jojo Rabbit and he loved that too. So,
1: <gasps> Oh, yay! I love Jojo Rabbit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Catching up on all the things I watched in Boston that, that we didn't watch together. So all the really sad movies. <laughs> I mean, my like,
1: God.
0: Yeah, and next up, Deep into the Ocean. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do not subject him to that. at gummyfredo said film flamers speaking of full frontal male nudity have you seen under the skin that one has some lengthy penis shots no pun intended yes and i am actually a fan of under the skin and probably not for that reason but yes there is some some lengthy no pun intended shots of of some dick there but um under the skin is something that i actually really really enjoyed specifically because of the cinematography and the music and um, I loved the message of the film. I thought it was really done quite well with visual storytelling. However, Robert still needs to watch this again, because I think he was in a bad mood the first time he saw it. I was so bored watching that
1: movie. I mean, I'm so bored that I forgot about the lengthy dick shots, obviously. Now, here's what's funny about this comment, because he 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 wrote it on twitter and i replied back and said yeah chris is a big fan of that movie and he responded like ha 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 like crying face emoji and i was just like should i go and tell him for like real cinematic reasons and not because of dick i was like is that what he thinks he's a fan of so give me fredo yikes he he likes it (laughs) because it's a good movie (laughs) just in case so we asked for some questions over on All of our social media channels and Patreon, and you guys did not disappoint. So, we have quite a few. And the first one comes from Erica, from the Customers Also Watch podcast, and she wants to know what our favorite new-to-me, quote-unquote, movies you watched this year are. Like, things that are not from 2020, or things that you missed along the way that you're finally getting to watch now, I guess? The
0: thing that instantly came to mind was Terrified. Oh yeah, you did watch that for the first time this year, didn't you? I watched it for the first time this year, it came out a couple years ago, and I absolutely loved it, so... That's, that's my pick, just off the top of my head.
1: Um, I would probably say, like, We Need to Talk About Kevin was a big surprise for me. I liked it quite a bit when I watched it, and I hadn't seen it before. Yay. Um I was surprised at how much I liked Silent Hill, actually. Another recommendation from me. Two for two. That's right. I put that one off for... A long time. Um, And um, another recommendation from Chris that we watched for our Patreon episode that
0: I just loved so fucking much was Dread. Yes. So... Yay. And yeah, and you watched Interstellar too at my recommendation and liked it a lot.
1: Oh my god, I forgot about Interstellar. I <laughs> loved that one too. So, yeah, those are like the big ones for me this year. Like I I really love the shit out of dread so much. Like it's I know it's something that I'm going to watch a lot and it was one of those movies that I was just like, "Oh, a remake of that terrible, terrible movie or whatever." Mm-hmm. And like, you know, turns out it's pretty fucking good. And Interstellar
0: is pretty fucking stellar. Killing it with my recommendations for you this year. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so proud don't
1: don't think that I'm just gonna start watching all your recommendations now just because you had like five or six good ones this year. No, I just need to add them because it takes it's like a two year window when you mm-hmm. actually watch
0: them. So yeah, I don't
1: know. I, I I if we didn't have a podcast where I had to commit to certain movies to watch, like I there would be no such thing as a watch list for me because it's whatever I decide to put on when mm-hmm. I sit my fat ass on the couch. You know, I'm like, oh, I'll watch this tonight who knows but
2: yeah
1: and i probably if we had not watched interstellar together i
0: probably still hadn't have seen it so thank you for that at least because that movie is so fucking good at eddie edwards one said would you guys ever do an episode on the original cat people from 1942 val luton was a genius and this is a great film never mind the remake so um that sounds like something that we might do for a flamers flashback though yeah especially if it's a first-time watch for us, because we very I don't think we ever do deep dives of things we haven't already seen. Very rarely. Um, I've seen the original Cat People, and
1: I like it, and I just saw the remake this year because I watched that 80s horror documentary, and it was trash. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, never say never. It's possible. So um, we'll keep that in mind, though. Uh, we got a voicemail from Michael Alred, and let's give that a listen. Hey, guys, this is Michael
2: Alred. Um, yes, I already know I love your show, but you were asking for questions, so I have one for you uh recently, Bruce Campbell said that he would like an expendables type film for his next horror film, so I was curious if it worked you other than Bruce Campbell, what other famous or perhaps infamous horror characters. Maybe not so much horror characters, but the actors playing them. You get what I mean. Who'd you pick to join? Say maybe you have five, six choices. I've got my choices, but I want to hear yours first. Anyway, thanks for the great show. Always look forward to new ones. Stay safe. Stay happy. And I'll listen to you guys soon. Thanks.
0: So yes, and uh and that expendables of horror movie is uh Bruce versus Frankenstein. So I don't know if you can get some big names there. Um, you know, if it's anything like I Am Bruce or, you know, uh Bubba Hotep or something like that, it's fairly low budget, right? So um, you know, those movies are really made for this insular group of of horror fans right and I, I don't know that and he could get those but if he could if we had an expendables of horror you know i'd have to have sigourney weaver and linda hamilton and jamie lee curtis you know and and mm-hmm. arnold schwarzenegger again and you know um the guy that played um bishop uh who i got at this uh, lance Henriksen. he's also in Pumpkinhead, and yeah um god so many um obviously the guy that plays michael myers um so many times and nick castle yeah know. so many nev campbell and <laughs> I mean, we could go on and on heather camp
1: oh yeah i would love to see heather lagenkamp in it
0: I and mean, it's funny that i mean like
1: the first things that you say are like female people and for me too i would like to see like barbara crampton in it or like d wallace right some of these people like these actresses who are a lot a lot of 80s horror because i think that when people think about horror actors especially when you think about something like the expendables of horror right you're gonna go straight to the 80s where these people were in a whole series of movies right yeah.
0: It'd be like the final well, girls had- attack of the studio's brunettes or something
1: <laughs> um he did say that he really wants robert england and kane hodder for sure right and like they're probably the two big like actors, oh yeah obviously
0: so. robert england yeah we also got another voicemail this time from brandon anderson and let's uh, let's give that a listen real quick. Hi, Chris and
2: Robert. This is uh, Patreon subscriber Brandon. Just calling to um, say, if there was an acting award for a podcast, you two would definitely be in the running. How you were able to get through your Thanksgiving episode without cracking up is beyond me, so bravo. I also wanted to uh, thank you for giving a shout-out to uh, His House. Uh, I watched that over the Thanksgiving holiday, and it was just a superb horror movie. Really something for all horror movie buffs. Um, There was psychological slow burn moments, uh, creature feature moments when the demon uh, was finally shown, some body horror elements when the demon was trying to take over the main character, so... Um overall a, a wonderful movie. Thank you so much for shedding some light on it. Um and then I also wanted to uh propose a question to you both. Um I'm not sure how much horror TV you watch, but my husband and I are big horror TV fans and I was wondering what your favorite horror TV show twist was. Uh my personal one is um the reveal uh, spoiler alert for the Exorcist TV show That the first season The mother of the possessed uh, Daughter is actually Regan Making the first Season of the Exorcist TV show A continuation of the Exorcist movie um, That is Kind of uh, drawn out And shown about halfway through the season So it was a big surprise So just wondering what your all-time favorite Twists are uh, Again, keep up the great work And happy holidays to you both
1: Happy holidays to you as well, Brandon, and we're glad that you liked our comments on His House. Um, oh, yeah. Really can't say enough good things about that movie, and I'm glad that other people are enjoying it, too. Um, uh,
0: we do watch a lot of horror TV, though. Chris, yeah. do you have a favorite twist? The first thing that came to my mind as soon as I heard this voicemail was in uh, The Haunting of Hill House, where it was the the reveal of the breakneck lady because it was as horrific as it was hard hitting emotionally right uh and it's such a great twist and and reveal that um i just it's the only thing that's like consuming my mind when i think about that question um i'm not sure that i have a favorite twist i haven't
1: uh for the longest time i had the exorcist tv show on my dvr right the entire first season and i still haven't watched it so I, i don't know um I really like the twist in the first season of American Horror Story when you start to learn that some of these characters are actually dead the whole time because I really didn't see that coming at all, especially the Harmon's daughter, right? Uh, Tasha Formiga. I was just like, "What?" You know. I mean, so yeah, it just that blew my mind, and that rarely ever happens when I'm watching at least a TV show. I can, they normally throughout the episodes will, you know, have a twist come, and you see it coming from a little bit, but that really shook me. I'm sure there were some moments in Buffy that surprised me as well, like
0: the just the reveal of Dawn that she was all of a sudden there with no explanation. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, that was like. <laughs> a twist that pissed me off for a long time (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that's a good question thank you brendan um and thank you for everyone who left us voicemails on this episode we haven't got a lot of reviews but you guys have really come through with the voicemails over the last couple shooting the flames episode and we really like that
0: yeah honestly two years ago if we had imagined that we would have gotten so many comments so many questions so many voicemails to talk about and a dedicated episode for you guys every single month i think we would just gotten our minds blown so thank you so so much for continuing to do that that's right that's our favorite twist we also got some new patrons speaking of those patrons, Yay. three we got three new patrons the last time and that's brandon anderson dan alvarez and michael all red so thank you so much for joining us and joining our family over there on patreon where the conversation continues off
1: mic that's right we hope that you guys are enjoying all the bonus episodes and the community over there so far but there are three patrons that we need to shout out on this episode because they are at the film flamer or higher level and that's ben gonzalez amber couch and penelope nelson so thank you guys for your continued support
0: yes thank you guys so much for joining us at that level and supporting us to that degree it's really really appreciated horror news Kicking off our news is that the uh, the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures just installed the only surviving shark model from Jaws. Hey, Bruce.
1: Yeah. So I they've been building this museum for what seems like forever, and if you know, for those of you who listen to our show who don't know, I'm a huge fucking Oscar nut. Like I, I love the Academy Awards so so much, and I have been wanting to make a pilgrimage to this museum as soon as it opens, and now I have even more of a reason to go. Where is it? So.
0: It's in Los Angeles. Okay, I was gonna say like if, if they should have a Jaws Museum in Cape Cod somewhere.
1: I mean they really should, but so they apparently they they had like this is the last known model from the cast that they, they made to make this shark with. And it's it's gigantic. They have it hung in such a way in the museum that you can see it while you're driving down the street. You can see it from multiple levels of the museum. Think like that big whale in uh the natural history museum in Manhattan, right? So it's mm. like Something like that. A centerpiece, right? Yeah. So I really want to go. The museum is supposed to be opening up this spring. Obviously, we probably won't be able to travel yet, um, but I'm thinking the best time to go visit the Academy Award Museum is probably in October. I'm sure they'll have some sort of exhibits about horror movies, so I'll just
0: postpone my pilgrimage for a little
1: bit. Okay.
0: You want to go? Uh, yeah, I totally want to go. Maybe we should make a pilgrimage together next October, and that can uh, that can be our little uh, special podcast episode for that month.
1: Oh, my God. And I've never been to Halloween Horror Nights at, like, Universal. So, I mean, it'd be, like, oh, yeah. the perfect time. What I really want, and they have to have this. If they don't, I'll be hideously disappointed. I want to hold an Oscar as, like, on my bucket list. <laughs> and so they need to have some sort of interactive exhibit where I can pick up an Oscar and have someone take my picture with it. So make that happen, y'all. Scott Cawthorn updates on the Five Nights at Freddy's movie and says that filming is starting in the spring. Uh, This is something that I've been watching for a long time because that game scares the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. And I want to see this movie. And they've been talking about it for just as long as they've been building the fucking Academy Award Museum.
0: I'm excited. Yeah,
1: me too. I'm sure it'll be really good. Um, Especially if they show what's inside of those little animatronics. There's going to be a lot of potential body horror there. He. Apparently did a Reddit AMA or something and they asked about it and he said he's gone through like so many different scripts until they found the right one. He wanted it to have enough video game lore and actual horror in it. So filming is going to start. Hopefully they're going to stay safe while they're doing it and we'll get that movie soon.
0: Robert England joins Stranger Things season four as a disturbed man imprisoned for a gruesome murder.
1: Hmm. Hasn't he played that role before?
0: (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Is there fire involved? (laughs) <laughs> hmm. Um this is pre fire I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't I mean obviously I've I'm I'm a couple seasons behind on Stranger Things. So uh but it seems to me that Robert England on on that show which is so very 80s is probably the best thing to do,
0: right? Yeah, and you've got to to catch up so at least you get to see season 3 cuz season 3 was just gold. But yeah, I can only imagine he gets possessed by the, the underneath stuff, whatever it's fucking called. <laughs> the other side, the flip side. Isn't it called the underneath? I don't <laughs> the, I don't know. The upside down. The upside down. Yes. <laughs>
1: and it becomes some sort of
0: shadowy Freddy Krueger thing which would be amazing
1: i mean it was only a matter of time before robert england got on that show i mean come on let's be honest uh there's some sad news that we have to talk about though and uh suspiria co-writer and deep red inferno and tenebrae actress daria nicolodi has passed away mm. yeah so this is the mother of um asia argento right so daria argento's daughter um a huge person in horror films, not just in Jolly. So um she'll be really
0: sadly missed. Our last item on the news is that Constantine 2 is reportedly in the works. And that news comes from Peter Stormare, who actually played Lucifer in the first Constantine movie, and it's my favorite devil in cinema, even including Tim Curry. He's just so, so good. He only has five minutes in that movie, and he just like eats all the scenery chews it all up i have not seen constantine in so long yeah and tilda swinton's in it as gabriel so what? yes what? yes i don't remember this yes <laughs> she's yeah she's amazing in it um i feel like it, that movie was shit on unfairly and i often return to it every few years uh because i think it's it, you know it could have been better but you know whatever at least you get to see a bush frontman killed i Bush frontman. <laughs> Was that his stage name? Well I we, mean none of us back when that came out, none of us wanted a uh, Bush frontman to get killed. But now we all do.
1: So you get to watch that happen in Constantine.
0: I need to read. Gavin, Gavin
1: Rossdale. Yeah. Gavin <laughs> Rossdale, Some Bush From <frontman>. Mouth. Um <laughs> is Keanu gonna be in Constantine too? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: And the director who went on to do the Hunger Games movies, you know. Um he and Keanu Reeves are like we'd make it tomorrow if we could because they just enjoyed making the first one so much wow okay so I
1: know that you've led me down the right path like six or seven times this year with your recommendations I will rewatch Constantine yeah especially since now I love Tilda Swinton also thanks to you what are you doing to me and um I'll report back
0: I'm broadening (laughs) your horizons just as you have done for me okay yeah I guess we'll, we'll broaden each other well <laughs> Let's rephrase that.
1: <laughs> oh, God, that was funny. Um,
0: You're not going to broaden me much with that extra small gravy flavor Gondom. <laughs> no, because I probably stuck all the gravy flavor out of it before I could use it. Yeah, I think Thanksgiving broadened us enough for the year. <laughs> <laughs> We just got stuffed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My God, I've only had like three discussion beers. (laughs) Uh, Much like our reviews, there's been a dearth of good horror movie trailers, and we really only have one to talk about. And
0: that's the official teaser trailer for next year's halloween kills yeah and this was released right as we were recording um our november's uh should at the end of october Mm -hmm. so that's why it's only on here now but uh if you haven't already seen the official teaser trailer for halloween kills the link to the youtube trailer will be in the show notes as always along with all of our news links so what do you think about the teaser trailer like
1: they released the first like opening seconds of the movie before that right and I think this movie has so much buzz and it was supposed to come out this year right mm-hmm. and 2020 ruined that for us this ruined it ruined ruined I like this teaser I thought it was good they have that one really bloody moment that um yeah makes I'm excited. Me excited for what it is yeah I just
0: want them to win like for real at some point at the end of this trilogy and I'm assuming it's going to be a trilogy That I just want them to, once and for all, just, like, see him die, watch him die, to nothing, to ash, whatever. Because right now, I mean, they just, like, trapped him down there, and they drove away, and then they saw the... I don't know if it was in the first teaser, or this teaser, but they saw the fire engines going towards it, and she's like, no, no, let it burn!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, this one's called Halloween Kills, and the next one's called Halloween Ends, so hopefully... Everything you say will come to fruition. Well, I think that just about wraps up our conversation for this last shooting the flames of 2020. As always, let us know what you think about the episode and um and all of our episodes. You can leave those comments on social
0: media at the Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com, or better yet, call our hotline, as so many of our wonderful listeners did this month. At 972-666-7733. Keep them coming. That's right. Like we
1: said earlier, we need some reviews. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, go over there give us a five-star review. A little snippet about why you like us. We'll read that on Shooting the Flames and if you need some more film flamers head over to patreon.com slash the film for all of our bonus content and join our ever-growing family over there
0: yeah you get early episodes and uh you get to participate in polls for what we cover over there so uh hurry on over and get early episodes and all of that for as little as two dollars
1: this is going to be a shorter month for us here at the Foam Flamers. Uh, we have Shooting the Flames, and then we're going to release our holiday episode, which is on Night of the Comet, and then we're going to take a little two-week break for the holiday, but don't fret, we will have a bonus episode and maybe a surprise for you toward the end of the month.
0: That's right.
1: And come back in January, where we're talking everything Danny Torrance. That's right, The Shining and Dr. Sleep, which I know we are chomping at the bits to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh yeah <laughs> it's medicine listeners come take your medicine come take your medicine
1: <laughs> little pop. until next time sweet, sweet dreams, dreams.